Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening and welcome to Monday Night Live Lounge, episode 118. As you will see straight away, a little bit different tonight. <laughs> we are not joined by Mr. Bars. However, we have replaced one. You've never looked so good, mate. We <laughs> one for another one. Um, so it's myself who's hosting, joined by regular Jack Darwood and Liam, absolute superstar for stepping in um, for Dan very, very last minute. Really appreciate doing that. However, before we move on to just saying hello to everyone in the chat room, Jack, you got a little note from Phil of why he's not um, why he's not in attendance today. Does yeah, I, mean, I know he said he's flying, but yeah. well, he was late for his flight because he went to see his good mate Fallon Cherrick, who was qualified as a barber now, and he's actually dyed his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? He basically that? said, "I can't take being ginger anymore. It's bad enough. I don't know anything about darts. I'm getting bullied about that. I, I need to cut it down a bit." <laughs> he's so listening to this <laughs> he, he, he had listening because I was going to reply to my whatsapp about 20 minutes ago so yeah, true true <laughs> however going to the chat room just saying hello to everyone before we talked about the week darts Tommy was in nice and early good evening Andrew Bob Owen lot of regulars HGV James JSB, Joe's in, Craig is in, Joe's in, talking about Rob Frost being on the show last week. We must be a good luck charm. I think our guest tonight might hope that that is the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob is in. Phil Bars is certainly special, Bob, but I'm not sure he's a guest. <laughs> Dan, we're not buying it one little bit. Not buying it at all. <laughs> you didn't want to spend the night with us, mate. You could have said you'd have to make up an excuse. To be honest, I was looking forward to talking to him about Champions League football as well, but there we go. We'd save it for another week. Um, I can remove you. <laughs> Jesus. And we will. 
and those. I need a cap. You do yeah. need a cap, Liam. So, I'm on my team, setter, by the way, surely <laughs> Mike was rocking this look a couple of weeks after I put it on the stream the other week. Now, Boise's got one. My excuse is I'm currently moving house, as you'll see, the behind me has all been taken down. I literally I'm sat in a flat with nothing in whatsoever other than a laptop table chair and a light. That is it. I'm <laughs> I'm out in the next couple of days, so that is my excuse for my cap being on backwards. Why Jack wears one every week is uh, is beyond me. Because my barber couldn't fit me in at the weekend, so I've got to wait until Wednesday, and my current hair looks atrocious. If you speak to <laughs> Phil, Phil knows someone who's in there. You mentioned her as well. Anyway, we uh, we move away from darts, but we'll go straight to the Premier League, and we finally got to finals night um, after sixteen very very long weeks of. Um, Premier League action has <laughs> not been around the bush. Um, we got to finals night, and as you can see, that MVG lifted his seventh one. But before we go into um, discussing the final, semi final number one, Jack, and it was the all Welsh affair after Derwin Price doing his friend a favour just now over a week ago. It was a bit one sided. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Fair to say that Johnny never really got going and Gezi more than got going. He, he was absolutely out of the blocks flying, averaged 107 throughout the scoring power of Price. Look, we, we said that was going to be the big, the, the key stat in this matchup. It was Gezi's going to outscore Johnny. That That's not a secret. It's how many chances does Gezi take in that moment? How many times leave the door open? And how many times can Johnny do that? Something that little bit special is Tom Plush finishing of late has been superb. How many times can he just stick to the coat feathers of Gerwin Price so that he's within sniping distance if he gets an opportunity? And the scoring power of Clayton let himself down. Didn't manufacture enough chances, albeit against a very, very good Gerwin Price. Take nothing away from the man. He pretty much averaged 14 darts a leg for the entire match. Um, it just never really looked like it was going to be Clayton's day from about leg number three. Yeah. Um, Liam, double edge up there about Price's storing power. I think before and Johnny Clayton was coming into the finals night with the only player average, um, with the only player over 40% on check out around 44%, but just not enough opportunities. But from a, from a Clayton perspective, is that now the part of his game where he needs to look at because he's he's doubling his he is one of the best at the moment. And I know we spoke about it last week, Jack. But is that now the part of the game that Clayton needs to find another deer or two to dead himself into that elite bunch? Yeah, I think so. I think that um we've seen it was a typical current price performance, the Premier League really 108. I, I I don't think even if Johnny had brought his scoring game um to the stage that he still wouldn't have beat Garon Price. I just think he was unbelievable on the night. But yeah, we've just seen, I mean, a 90 average in a Premier League semi-final is is rather unusual from Johnny Clayton. We're not used to seeing them them low averages from him. So yeah, I mean, look, I mean he's 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 finishing has always been uh, has been brilliant the last couple of years. That's where he's had most of his success and then pop pop finishes that he takes out um last dart on a at a double in hand but yeah a 90 average in the semi-final is a bit worrying so look he's gonna have to go away in the next couple of weeks work on his scoring um leading into the the match play um but look i think regardless of what johnny brought um last thursday night garen price was just 
which was in that cruise. It was just that, that monster form that we've seen from him throughout the Premier League, really. And, Dob, as a, a big Johnny Clayton fan, Premier, if you're summing up his Premier League season, he's a former Premier League winner. He got into the playoffs in the last Thursday. How do you think Clayton will look at this season as a whole? I think he'll be okay with it, especially when you consider how it started. If look, the fact Johnny Clayton has been to three finals night on the spin is an achievement in itself, especially as you think that first one he got in off the back of winning the Masters, it was it was quite a short turnaround. He just had a run where he was winning non-ranked events, picked up that Premier League title, made it last year, was as top of the league, by the way, was then beaten by Joe Cullen in that in that first semi-final and then this year obviously sneaking in a little bit. But if if you look at the campaign and the field on paper, if you ask Johnny Clayton, does he think, or, or if you ask most Darts fans, is Johnny Clayton in the top four of those Dart players? Most would probably say no at that moment. You, Peter Wright, Michael Van Gerwen, Michael Smith, Gerwin Price, on paper, world rankings and all of the like, would have those four players ranked above Johnny Clayton as a player. As, as, as a player. So the fact that he keeps breaking into that top four is an achievement in itself. It shows how just how consistent he is over that 16 weeks. Obviously not as consistent as he was the last two postings of this tournament. Um, but he, he just seems to produce those key moments, doesn't he? And like we said, he definitely needs to work on some scoring and then find some scoring power. I feel like if of all the top players, if anybody loses their range a bit, Clayton loses it more than anybody else. He will sway up, down and left, right. Other players tend to miss in one direction. Johnny feels like he's got it a bit vertical and horizontal at times. And I'm not sure if that's just because of the angle that his darts go in, his action or, or, or whatever factor that contributes to that. Um, but look, if you'd offer Johnny Clayton fourth in the Premier League every single year, he'd, ba- he'd bite your hand off for it, I think. Yeah, but I, I think he's probably answered a few twists as well around the giving up his job. How long was that a conversation for? That what level can he perform at? Maybe his focus is solely there. We saw very similar to Glenn, didn't we, when he gave up that sort of to just put the focus into darts. With Johnny, there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he'd done on and won stuff while still working. I know it wasn't full-time, but still a lot of the time or whenever we could. The fact that pressure then came even more after being a, a multiple TV winner, the fact he's still performing, I'm sort of with Liam. We've probably been maybe it's too harsh on Johnny because Derwin Price was just fantastic. The storyline reflects that it was sort of a, a bad day for Johnny, but overall, um, I think it, it's a good campaign. There's only be one winner overall, but to, to get into that finals night for three consecutive years is a great achievement and for me probably puts himself in a very strong position going into sort of looking at when we look at next year's already yes there's a lot going to happen in that time but it puts himself we know how PDC tend to pick on players who can perform in this competition and he's proven it year on year as being a previous winner so I think generally it's been a very good year but moving on to semi-final number two and last week I think we all edge towards Michael Smith and not just from a, a potential injury and stare for Michael the week before, but the fact of the form that Smith had coming into this one, but it was MVG from flying out the block, 7-3 up the break, and it just very much looked like a one-sided affair. Yes, Smith got back into it, but sensational from MVG, Liam. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I think for from MVG's point of view, I don't think we've seen him written off in a in a major tournament um like this as much as maybe he was leading into it for a couple of years now. I think that we all kind of there was a few question marks around his shoulder injury. Um, we weren't 100% sure how he was um, going to become fitness-wise coming into the match. Um, but again, just he was he was brilliant. And, and he, look, he's, Michael just played brilliantly all night um, and just goes to show, I mean, I mean he, he started really well in the in the league phase, but he, he turned it on when he, when he had to. And that was, I think that's the, like, you have to be certain level of consistency to get in the top four, but you have to be good on the night to win the title as well. Um, I felt like Van Gogh flew out of the trap. Smith was kind of hanging on. Some of his big finishes were really just kept him in that match. Uh, but uh, Michael had just done enough to get over the line. Um, a, a Tom Plus average uh, from from Van Gogh in that in that first semi final ten eight. I don't know. Maybe maybe it seemed a little bit more um, in Michael Van Gogh's direction there than a ten eight scoreline would suggest. I think that. Was it a one-two-three that Smith fired in near the end just to keep himself alive in the match? Um, but a, a, a good scalp from Michael to to beat the current world champ in the first semi-final. Totten has that been a scalp? MVG would not like that one little bit because, and I think we heard from that post-match when he was talking to Phil and no, I guess it's one of those. Do you think that injury last week and then everyone write him off? played into MVG's hands because it was a bit of extra motivation that we haven't seen from him for six, seven weeks, maybe. I think when I was looking at his Premier League run, he got 25 points the first eight weeks and only eight points the last eight weeks, which is ridiculous showing of what form that MVG was coming in. Plus the injury against um, Dolby last week. All that as a combination... Do you think then it gave him some sort of extra motivation this week? Potentially. Look, I'm not sure Michael's everyone that is going to need that extra motivation. You look at the way he was talking about himself and his game through his recent dip, change of equipment. He had the wrist injury. We had COVID. And, and like there was a point where he hadn't won a title in a year. That was that was so unlike Van Gogh. And still, if you speak to him, and have gone, I'm the best player in the world. They know they've got to beat me when they want it. Like, nothing will ever change for Michael Van Gogh. And he has mentally one of the strongest sports people I think I've ever seen. It is ridiculous just how confident and how he just carries himself and holds himself in that regard. Um, not too sure about the written off bit. I'm not too sure how much attention he actually pays to any of that, but um, this is one of the situations where I'm happy. To, well, I'll put my hands up and say we got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Even before the injury last week, you were bang on. I, I did not think he would win this match. I thought Michael Smith was playing far better. Van Gogh had gone to sleep after about week five, week six. Um, and at that point, I, I just had Michael Smith getting the job done, slipping to an 8-4, um, trailing 8-4 at one point. Definitely didn't help. Fights back solid enough, wins four of the next six legs. Just left himself too much to do at that point, I, I think is the case. But even still... Look, I got two things about Van Gogh wrong. One was him winning this match. And two, even as he was beating Michael Smith, after the way that I saw Gezi Price perform, I can't remember who it was that I messaged, but I was like, the difference between what we're seeing right now is that Michael Smith could go and produce this again in 20 minutes time in the final. I don't think Van Gogh can because of the injury. (laughs) How bloody wrong was I? (laughs) Yeah, just a little. But you mentioned there around 
you don't think it plays much of an impact on him being written off. One thing he mentioned afterwards was around the bookmakers putting him not as one of the favourites was a mistake. So someone's either telling him that or he's openly looking for it as, as some sort of something a bit extra. Even if it's not needed, it, it might be he can just go and find that something on the night. But I was totally with you leading into the final. I only saw then Derwin Price. I know when I tipped last week, I thought Bully Boy had one and uh, Premier League and um, following on from the World Championships. But the form that Derwin Price had in the first semi-final compared to MVG with Smith battling Batterton, I did not envisage this final being played out as it did. And once again, dominating from the start. Um, Liam, I guess coming to you on this, that... We we can openly admit that we got this run massively. That Michael went, Michael Van Derwin went on and looted the title. How did you see this planning out pre semi final and then final? Yeah, and I suppose I just expected the price was going to do something ridiculous in the final because every single week in the Premier League, he just seems to produce some ridiculous average or uh, display, check or finishing or whatever it might be. So I just presumed that it would continue on um, for the final as well, and that we would. I mean. I don't know. There's something about when Price and MVG meet in finals now. It kind of has something about it. I think last year in the match play, we've seen that. There's something a little bit special. It's like when MVG plays Gary Anderson. Um, there's a real kind of El Clasico vibe around the two of them meeting in a major final. And I'm sure it won't be the last time. Um, but look, Van Garen was, again, flew out of the traps. I think two was 2-2. Two, two, and then he won the next five legs on the bounce. Um, and he, I mean, he was averaging 109 or 111 at one stage. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And I think before every every um, major championship that's played off over, there's a couple multiple games on the day. We always say who has the better is it better to go first semi final finish up and then take this have the second semi final off or what way around. But I mean, with these two, it doesn't really make much of a difference, does it? Because Vanguard was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and it just showed the, the confidence he had as well. I think Price laid up on a 170 when Van Garen wasn't on a finish. Van Garen hit the 170, the, the, the visit after to the border. So it just showed that he was in that brazen mood. Um, and it, look, it, it average trade off a little bit at the end, but he got the job done. It was absolutely brilliant and uh, from Van Garen on, on Thursday night. To have that presence of mind to do that in a final, by the way, when you have had yeah. an injury the week before, have been written off, and are against the odds pretty much. Look, Van Gogh believes in his own ability, but myself and Phil sat down and looked at it. Six of the last seven Premier League winners have come from the first semi-final. So he, he defied the odds with that. And then to have the presence of mind in a final against the best player in the world right now for quite a few people, is possibly his biggest rival for sustained ability and, and whatever else and how many times they met in finals which the record is, is not great etc but to be able to do that just to show him where the 170 is uh, Chris Mason and Paul Nixon were talking about earlier on the Super Series actually about the 141 he pulled off when Dave Chisnell missed the double for the nine data so he did it while he was on 181 and he just gave him <laughs> flashbacks to that immediately I was like how can you be that brazen in a final for £275,000 in front of 12,500 people. You're like, yeah. Uh, uh, when he done it, I kind of just went, he didn't just do that, did he? Yeah. 
And, she, and you kind of, you kind of looked. First win, I just started laughing to myself because part of me knew what was coming. And I was just like, it's, it's just ridiculous. And um, look, I suppose the the biggest um, doubts that were when some of us might have had doubts over MVG is the fact that he hasn't really turned up in the Premier League the last couple of weeks since we know he's qualified. He's kind of been a bit lackluster, probably lacking a little bit of motivation because he knows he's already there. But the fact that he managed to, to, to show the confidence that he did on the night and the standards that came with it as well, when we hadn't really seen it since about maybe week eight, nine, that he was in and around, it was still top of the league table. It was only in around week 12, I think, that um, Price replaced him at the top. Um, and then they're just moments of brilliance. And, and, and that was one moment that kind of gets forgotten about maybe a little bit because there were so many other moments of brilliance throughout the night as well from MVG. Um, but it was just sublime from him from start to finish, really. And I, I guess looking at this now, everyone and well, especially on air last week, but most people in the chat room as well have written off Michael Van Der Wijn to, to Dolan and lift it. Does this show that we can talk about any dark player, any professional dark player can beat any other one on their day? Does this probably show that Michael Van Der Wijn's A-game is better than anyone else who's on the tour? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll open a few... Uh... Um, a few debates here <laughs> yeah. now with this one, but <laughs> uh, yeah, look, in my opinion, Van Gerwen's A game is the best. I think we've seen performances from Gerwen Price in this year's Premier League that we've probably not seen from many other players over any Premier League. I mean, the consistent, I mean, some of the high average, some of the big checkouts, like we said before, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I, was, am I right in saying that it was, it was the two nine doubters in the same night that he got in Belfast? Was that this year? Last year, we haven't had last that year. this year's campaign. Year. And this, but this is why <laughs> the Premier League is, merges all into one. It's so fucking long that I can't remember which which year it is. So look, he actually at least he done it in the Premier League anyway. I was right with that. But um, you got the right venue and you got the right event. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, 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 like, it was still the same format, so we'll take it. They just merge into one. It's all right. Yeah. This Premier League, this Premier League feels like it's lasted two years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of the performances, that, I mean, the, the averages have been ridiculous. He's absolutely blown away players that, I mean, it, it looks like um, um, uh, men against boys when he plays to that standard because it's absolutely ridiculous um, in some of the matches that he's shown. And, and he really, from Van Gerwen started strong in the Premier League, but he really came flying through then uh, to finish top of the table. Um, but in my opinion, when they're all at it, Van Gerwen just edges it in terms of A game. Yes and no. I think he produces his A game in the bigger moments more often than anybody else. In terms of producing the highest level, I think Gerwin Price is doing that a lot more frequently right now. And possibly even a higher level. Look, this was 105 and 101, I think it was, performance from, from Van Gerwen. Let's not forget that first match was 107 from Gerwin Price. So there was still that, that extra gear there, but it's Van Gerwen producing his best in key moments in finals when we've written him off against Gerwin Price four times out of four now in finals and still finding a way to win these titles. He won this last year after being, quite frankly, not very good for most of the campaign. He, he, he just he's, he's winning games. He, he, not quite 2016, 2017 level in terms of just how frequently he's picking up titles and how dominant he is being, but he is still just amassing titles for fun at the minute 
whilst not playing very well. And if he does find an extra gear, if he does find the level where he was 2016, 2017, despite how competitive darts is right now, we're in trouble. Everyone else is in trouble. Yeah, I I agree. I think at the moment, he's in that sort of elite bunch with Price, Michael Smith, that sort of category with, and then Clayton and Wright maybe just outside. However, back then he was he was extra elite. <laughs> and then there was the rest below. I think that's that's sort of he's dropped to elite, which is ridiculous to say. <laughs> but that were the standards that he what six years, six, seven years ago. Just one sort of moving on from the final, but Premier League as a whole. Fire this one out to both of you. We wasn't allude to it anyway, but um from Dell, will format change next season? Uh, I don't think it will. However, I'm just going to tweak the question slightly. We know that there's going to be 16 weeks. We know there's then going to be a finals night. So with that in mind, what format do you think we'll see? Because from a PDC perspective, I don't think we'll know anything until finals night of the World Championships. But what should the change do? And do you think they'll change Dob? I will answer this with the privy piece of information I have in that Phil sat down with Matt Porter in a week um, and I've already seen that interview. It's going out in the next couple of days. And Matt basically acknowledged that he didn't say yes, he didn't say no, but he just said, I'm fed up of answering the same question. Everybody knows the Premier League format evolves every two to three years. They're going to look at it in a couple of weeks' time now that the tournament's over, etc., as they tend to do. They'd look at stuff in the third quarter or third um, yeah, third quarter of the year as they look towards a calendar for next year and everything else that comes with it. So uh, I think the fact that he didn't just say no is a positive sign. He said, no, we're sticking with this. It clearly works. Then I think there wasn't a lot of hope for fans right there. Um, he did say they're going to try and garner the opinion of fans in the, in the venues and watching from home. Personally, look, I've been banging on about this for 16 weeks. I've been banging on about it for probably longer than that. Um, it just gets a bit boring. And the concept of having a tournament a night and a winner is brilliant. But the fact that it's 16 of those for so long with such a small amount of players just means that the matchups that should be special aren't special. And yeah, I know. It's almost... Yeah. A warning to things like the Football Super League, by the way. And a little bit of a tangent, but but right now, that is a warning to the Super League. The special fixtures that you get in the Champions League are special because you might only see Barcelona versus Bayern Munich once every four or five years. Or if they make the final, keep going deep, you're not going to see them week in, week out. If they're playing week in, week out, they're not special anymore. And that's the issue we've got right now because, look, the, pre the Euro Tour is evolving slightly. We've got two new events next year. It's going to be a 13 or 14 event calendar once again next year. Nine of those have been played within the 16 weeks of the Premier League this year. So, so with that, Dob, before we come out to yours, Liam, how, how would you change it with the 16 weeks, with the finals night at the end? How would you change it? Would it be an increase in players? Would it be a return to just the lead format? Where would you go with it, Dob? I think there has to be a system where you can get 16 players in, not necessarily where it is 
every other week. So you see one group of eight one week, one group of eight the other week. Because again, I still think that after seven or eight weeks, you've seen four or four of that knock. You've seen four of that knockout already. Four of that bracket with the same players. There has to be a way of rotating players within those eights and creating different eights to go every week out of the sixteen, so that everyone gets similar amount of games based off their rankings at the very very start of the tournament. The rest of it doesn't really matter to me. Where they're, where they're ranked throughout, if somebody starts winning or after two weeks, suddenly they're top of the overall table, that means they can't be in it. No, they should be predetermined based off ranking so that each night is as similar weighted in terms of average ranking as possible. Look, it will take some working out, but it is possible. Um, you can mix it up so much then. You get paired with certain players and, and all sorts. And I think there are ways to be creative about it without being too confusing for the fans at home. You can just say, look, this starts happening. If you want to look into a deep dive of it, this is how it works. If not, just appreciate that these are the eight players playing these this week. These are the eight players playing next week. My preference would still be to narrow the number of weeks. I think the reason the Premier League has to keep evolving is because 16 weeks is just too long. It's like team events, a Premier League season is fine, 38 weeks of the season, because you support one team, so you're constantly watching that. You don't support, most people don't just support one player in the Premier League. They're not watching every week to just watch and cheer that person on sort of thing. So I know it's not commercially viable. The Premier League makes the PDC a shed load of money. They're at 95% capacity for all 16 venues or above, and they're looking for bigger potentially and, and, and everything that goes with it. But at some point, They've diluted their own product, is my concern. Liam? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the PDC, I mean, we know we know that they, 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 they run a very uh, good ship and, and they, they will know that this has created quite, uh, it's become quite a talking point, really. I think we all I get excited when the first couple of weeks of the Premier League roll around on a Thursday night. I think it's, it's something to watch. It's weekly darts. But very, very soon, very, very quickly, I get turned off uh, by the the thought of the, the same players playing the same matches in the same format every single week for 16 weeks. Look, we know, I mean, I think for 16 weeks will it be the last thing to be reduced because we know how much money it makes for them. But, I mean, there was some players, I no doubt, they probably played each other 10 times nearly over the, the space of the 16 weeks. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous how many, how many match-ups we've seen time and time again. It seems like... They can't seem to avoid each other, whatever way they're playing. If they get through one match, they're playing the next in the next match, the following week or whatever it is. Um, in terms of what format we go with, look, I don't think there's an easy uh, or simple solution. If there was, I think uh, like I, if 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 you had to weigh it up with the la- the old format to this one, I would prefer the older format. I think if you just looked at the the fixtures every week, the, there was a little bit of an excitement in looking at the old format. You think, oh, MVG's playing Price this week, um, you know, one-off match, and you get to see him once. I can understand from the fans in the venue with this new format that they'll go, oh, I get to see maybe MVG three times if he's my favourite player over the course of the evening. Um, but I just felt there was a little bit more... Um, it was a little bit more competitive and exciting when it was just one match per player per week and they, they faced off and, and that they didn't end up running into the same player four weeks um, in a row. Um, but I don't really have the solution. Um, I will keep the finals night at the end. I like they said, if, if that's staying, I think that's, I think it's, it still creates, I mean, 
regardless of what the form it was the, the 16 weeks previous to that, I still yeah. watch the finals night and yeah. the semi-finals and the finals. They're still brilliant, the finals night. It's just what what goes before that. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I agree. I think we need to keep the finals night. However, um, there does need to be a change to what we've got. In the back room, we have ready Mr. Rapid, Ricky Evans. Ricky Evans, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yes, all good, all good. Travel back good. safe was yesterday, today? Yes, it seemed like uh, all day yesterday. I'm a, yeah, long, long, long old flight considering it's only Germany, but yeah, it was, yeah, I'd rather have been playing, but yeah, I'm home, <laughs> home and I'm bored now, so yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, and we take full advantage when people are bored. Does it mean we get them on a Monday night to have a chat to for 15 minutes? <laughs> so appreciate you coming on, Richie. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Let's start with the weekend then, Ricky. A good first win over Ian White. Um, good to be back on the Orator. You love to entertain a crowd. How was how was that one before the Gezi game afterwards? Yeah, uh, I'm doing everything everything differently this this kind of year. I'm uh, normally I'm very a nervous, quite a shy guy, and this year I'm uh, I'm, I'm really confident, and I, I don't understand why I'm losing like stupid games like on the tour this year. I played brilliant. And uh, I went into the game thinking I'm going to beat I'm going to beat Ian White. Just just do what you've been doing, and yeah, it, it clicked. I, I I was quite impressed with my finishing again, and uh, yeah, I just took it from there. I just it was a bit of a blur. I was I was on and off before I knew it. I was waiting for the next game, and it's just the way I've been playing this year. Like I said, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why why I can't just get past that second game. Is that? frustrating for you because in the past maybe you might have been able to put your finger on it there's been a lot of talk about the pace that you play at and, and different people suggesting slow down a bit set yourself up we've seen you tinker with equipment a bit in the past so it was getting used to which barrel you're throwing but now that you're, you're so set in you feel like you're playing well you know you're playing well just just not getting the results is that a different kind of frustration yeah. and confusion yeah it's just uh, if, if you someone could tell me the answer i'll pay you a lot of money it's just for <laughs> things i guess um yeah I've, i actually have slowed down this year I, I, it's not because i've listened to people but i think i need to my personally but when i'm when i am playing well it's it's the rhythm the rhythm's still just as fast as it always will be there's there's not there's not a bad uh you know i don't come a bad player overnight I've, I've got to world number 24 being the fastest idiot in the world so i might as well stick to it but at the right time slow down that's the problem the first start is the key with me, and uh, it's that's what I'm working on, getting that first start right, like setting my dart. And uh, yeah, like like I said before, it's it's not quite happened this year so far, but I've, I've, I've never been so confident. I just want to play darts at the minute, and unfortunately, I've got to wait a couple of weeks now, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be on the board again in a minute. You, you've mentioned there a sort of a, a change of approach this year. What's where's that come from? What did has someone had a word with you? Is it something that you've realised yourself? Where's that come from? Um, I just don't like being labelled just just as a fast start player. I want to win, and uh, yeah, I'm fed up of losing in finals and becoming nearly man like a like a Terry Jenkins of the the, the Pro Tour. We'll say a bit quicker than Terry Jenkins. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, because I think I've. I think I've got a lot more to give in the game, personally. Um, I've not shown what I can do. So, yeah, maybe 
I've took away a little bit of the comedy side of me, the the, the funny faces I pulled. And the war comes always going to be the, the 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 funny part. Damon Hare's nicked that now, so <laughs> I've just um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a bit, little bit more serious and try and treat it as the the professional sport it is instead of a hobby, as maybe I probably did back in the day. And, and how that... much, um, Ricky, sorry, Gob, uh, has the Eurotour helped with the confidence this year? You, you said you're, you feel a, a lot more confident. Is that more games and qualifying for these Eurotours helping? Yes, I think just qualifying for one of them gives you so much confidence because it's like a minefield trying to get through. You could, like the first one I qualified for this year, I beat Josh Rock in one of them. I, I thought to myself, how the hell is he not seeded? And uh, I beat him, and I think I had a hundred average against Richie Burnett, and he was—I think he missed a couple of darts. And it's you just you just get back to your table, and you just breathe out really heavy, and like wow. Now that's the hard work done, apparently. But it's just yeah, getting through. It take you take so much confidence. I, I kind of wish they were just before the pro tour, because I'd go into the pro tour the Saturday Sundays that used to be on a Friday, you see. Yeah. I'd go into the Pro Tours a bit more confident and I think having them on the Monday now, it kind of, I play I play local darts on a Monday night and Tuesday night normally. The people I play on a Monday and Tuesday are getting absolutely ripped to shreds because I'm so confident after the Monday qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, uh, that switch from Friday to Monday, does that change the way you approach the weekend? Because a lot of players that we're talking to now are saying that actually, the most important part of a Pro Tour weekend at the minute is the Euro Tour qualifiers because the ranking waiting for those compared to a Pro Tour is so significant at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. I was talking. That was the end of my question, really. I just like, started watching. Yeah, it's, I, I, I love Euro, I love the Euro Tour. Get me on a stage, it, it brings out kind of the best, my best darts normally. So just qualifying for one of, it, one of the two normally. I'm, I'm, I'm walking around like a peacock. I'm loving life. I'm just, like I said, if, if that was on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I reckon I could. That's not the reason I'm losing. I know that, but maybe mark it back on the Friday because I Saturday and Sunday I'm fed up of losing first round and <laughs> watching bloody two o'clock TV in the afternoon because I'm I'm already out. What's why is there a change in mentality? Like I said, you, you've got, you're going through them qualifiers, you're feeling really confident, you're saying that it's not quite going so well on the Pro Tour. Is it because of the pressure of the ranking money on the Euro Tour? What comes after that? Is it just a case of perhaps going through the motions on the Pro Tour at the minute? Because they're, they're quite spread apart at the minute as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's just... I've just... Uh, I don't know, I think, because it's my 10th year. I've, I've, like I said, I just want to win and maybe changing some, changing my everything I'm doing a little bit. I'm just trying to see what works because nothing's worked at the moment. I've I've always been a good dart player. I always will be, I reckon. But it's just I want to I want to. There's people higher up in the rankings, not being horrible, that I think I'm better than them. It's just well, there's a lot of people now because I'm <laughs> mid fifties. But yeah, there's I could I, I should be top thirty two by a mile. My 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 A game is up there with the best. The problem is it's the consistency with me. I'm I'm hundred one average, eighty one average, and I need to I need to stop. Yeah, stop the silly legs and stop the silly, silly games. Because when I when I have a silly game, I'm gone. And this year, it's now when I have a good game, I'm gone. It's just a stupid game, but we love playing it. 
And with you mentioned there, I just want to go back quite a few months. You mentioned there you've been in the professional game around 10 years, eight years you've been at the World Championship. Did mm. this year have a slightly different feel when you saw that draw and you was playing Fallon? Uh, not really, no, because um, like I said, I've been brought up in my local pub leagues and super leagues counties and I've played women, proper good women, dark players, lady players. So it was nothing new to me. It was just, it was the sheer fact that I've got probably got the best one on the planet at the minute or second best probably after Bo. And it's everyone in the world's going to be watching. That's the only part of it. But I'm like I said, I get me on that stage and I normally played well. So I was really looking forward to the challenge in a way because I've never booed before. I've never been booed. I've never probably booed again. <laughs> get me in Ger- get me in Germany and I still get the few German fans cheering me on. So it was a it was a completely different aspect. It's like when you say like that, but it's at the end of the day I took her as another dart player and luckily that got me just over the line because yeah she missed a double bless her. Did- did, did that sort of change when you was 1-0 down, though, in sets? Did that sort of... Was there a bit of a switch then, obviously, with the fans all on your back and such, and something that you're not really used to that much as a fans I always go I always go 1-0 down. I'm, I'm not the man United of darts. Well, <laughs> I, I've just... Yeah, I always text me like to set two just to get going anyway. I think I normally lose the first set anyway, so... It's until, until they get to 2-0, that's when you worry. I'd, I'd have probably got off stage and... Yeah, needed a hug or something, but no, I, I was still confident after going one nil down. Have you tried not losing the first set? I've tried everything, <laughs> God. I'm literally, I'm, I need. I probably need to start a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you quicker, yeah. Yeah, it's not normally something associated with you. Something needs to be done quicker. No, it's normally when you just slow down quite a little bit, mate. <laughs> I want to go back to you mentioned the rankings. You've been as high as world number twenty-four before, mate. Down at fifty-one. At the minute, um, what what's what's to come from you for the rest of the season? What what's your end of season aim? Is it just make sure you're in the world championships and everything else that comes with that is a plus? Has to be, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean nothing right now. I mean nothing apart from the uh, the county team. <laughs> yeah, right now I mean nothing. So yeah, I, well my, my old man's he's booked him and a couple of mates have booked to go mine heads and. I've always told them, oh, I've got to come mine in. It's a brilliant weekend. You'll love it. Yep, I'm about four grand, five grand off that. Ali Pally, I'm not nowhere, nowhere near. So, yeah, just, just to get to them too is is the goal, I guess. The, that's when you know it's, it's the business part of the year as well. So, I've got a lot of time to, to get there. I've got a couple of good results in me. Maybe maybe get, get to the third round would be nice of one of them. Because I'm fed up with the second round. <laughs> board finals but yeah it's just it's, I, I don't need to worry about it that's the problem don't worry about it let, let the darts do because it will come I know I know it will come I'm not like I said I'm confident in it so yeah just um, just a couple um of questions in from the chat room which, so one that's coming in now how much do you practice and you mentioned as soon as you're done tonight you're about to go on the board but how much do you yeah, well, practice throughout a week well, I'll tell you what, when I was doing well, <laughs> I did practice, which makes me sick. I was like Gary Anderson, just a just a lazy, not like, I don't, I, I call him Gary Anderson lazy, by the way. I'd never really chucked. I used to use my match, my pub leagues, and uh, so I'd play as many nights as I can locally. But yeah, I practice a lot more now. I've got my new setup, my new 
equipment, new everything. And it's it's kind of giving me a little kick at the bum that I need. The problem is around here, there's not there's we've got four or five steady dart players that can push me, but the rest, as as much as I love darts, they're not going to give me a proper practice. And yeah, I need probably someone to move into Northampton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just optimistic there, mate. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's it. I blame what? David Pallet. David Pallet used to live here, so he moved away. So he, I blame him for my my form. <laughs> <laughs> just pass the ball. Uh, just letting on from Al's. Uh, I guess this comes back to the the pace. So if anything, I'm guessing this isn't something they thought about planning any world records around how fast it can release for it. <laughs> If the the PDC and Guinness want to get in touch, yeah, I don't mind. I still haven't got the certificate for the last, last two yet, so they're not very good at sending me the certificates. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I reckon I could break every record that's speed-related. But, uh, yeah, like I said before, I don't want to be known as just a fast lap, but I want to be known as someone that's actually won some, instead of just a world record. Any any superstitions with you? <laughs> that I can name on air. <laughs> right. Uh I put my uh, socks on before my boxes. Yeah. Uh well to dodge wearing socks. Uh I did the same like say if I want to say if, like when I beat Fallon, I had the same cubicle, the same seat, the same table, the same board. Uh, it was just yeah, I always do the same thing again if I've won a game, like I'll always do the same I've started wearing grey trousers now, and if I win like weekend, I was going to wear the blue ones. But I thought, no, I'll stick with these tight grey trousers, and because I won a game, and I'm, it's just <laughs> silly things like that. They don't, they don't work. It's just in my stupid head. You, you've mentioned that. you've mentioned that you want to take it more serious instead of moving away from sort of a hobby, which leads into sort of the part of it where you want to have the laugh and the joke is the water on. So. One from Matthew here. Any plans okay. for your Wartons in the future? In addition to that, pretty, any ways of uh, outdoing Damon Hatter, who seems to be trying to trump you right now? Right, this is a... As much as I love Damon Hatter, he's trying to be funny. I'm just a funny idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he saw the market. He saw Ricky Evans is getting a lot of credit here just for being an idiot. Now, fair play to what he's doing. Cause it's, it's, it gets the crowd on your side and there's no better feeling than winning a game or winning a couple of legs on stage and like a thousand Germans shouting Ricky Evans. It's just the more the merrier. I think if everyone was the same, it'd be a boring game. So as long as no one else stops doing it, me and Damon could probably take over and yeah, get us, get me and Damon in the Premier League one day. <laughs> <laughs> the walk-on Premier League gets Wayne Marnell. <laughs> oh, ruin it. I'd, I'd have a walk-on for every certain, like like he has certain stuff. I'd have yeah. walk-on music to suit where, I've, where I was playing. I've thought about this all my life because I'm a big music buff. And I'd have like with certain music for Wales, Ireland, Germany, Sheffield, Exeter. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd ruin it. Literally, get me in it one day. That is the goal. Class. All right. I spoke to you in Derby last year and it was around the football, wasn't it? And you were like, I want to do yes. three lines. And would the PDC not let you? They weren't happy, no. Because especially we spell because we didn't win. But if we'd if won if we'd won the World Cup or still been in, I forget the date I was on, maybe 19th, I think the final had been. 
But yeah, I'd have done it. I'd have done. I'd have probably asked Richardson or someone from Vindaloo or some football-based walk-on. But yeah, when we lose in, in the quarters and semis every tournament, there's no point doing it. <laughs> Just uh, a Liam, Liam hasn't more. got that problem. <laughs> Just the top of all before we let you down, Ritty. Um, practice partner on tour. Uh, oh, I don't. I like to keep myself to myself a little bit. Um, I'll always, I've always been a very good friend with Bunting, so maybe if he's chucking, I'll have a little chuck with him or Chizzy. Maybe all, de- all depends. It all depends what kind of session you're on or what kind of game you're on. Jamie Hughes is another one very close, and uh, I don't really do a lot of practice. I, all the practice I do is with myself, and so I like to keep myself. Me and Gilda are normally on the two boards that are not the. Not the one to sixteen boards. We stick at the corner. Let us let us do what we do, and uh, yeah, I just as long as there's a couple of people in front of me, I'm, I don't really concentrate. I don't know, they went who they are. Away from the board, might ask music concerts. Any music concerts you've been to recently? I don't really go to any. No, I'd, I'd love to go to like a Glastonbury or a like a festival because, like I said before, I'm a music. I'm a geek on every genre, every decade, every, yeah, you name it, I love it. It's just, it's a big, big part of my life. So, yeah, maybe one day, but there's no one that specifically I'd like to go watch right now. We'll say that, yeah. And then just back to the um, sort of, to the board, rest of the year, you sort of mentioned there, the Amy's Players Championships, World Championships. From From your perspective, how much are you looking at the rankings? Like you said, totally in the 50s, been as high as 24. How much are you keeping an eye on that, on your progression, or do you try and keep away from that? I think every player has it in their minds and has a little look now and then. I think if, unless you're doing like a, if you're one of the big boys, you don't really look. But unless, if you're someone like me, I think it's, you always keep one eye on it, just in case you might have the little blip or whatever. But no, it's just, they're there. They're there to look at, aren't they? So, it's, if they're good for darts fans, they're good for darts players. Because it's just, yeah, I'd always keep my eye on it. But when I, when I am winning and when I am doing my little, I'll always have a couple of good tournaments back to back. Then I won't need to worry no more. So, yeah, it's not. They are good. They're good to be there, just in case. Ritty, thank you very much for giving up your time oh, thank this you. Monday. We won't keep you any longer as you're planning to that on the practice board. We won't wanna... We'll see. We'll see. Like on Monday, that man's going straight in the garden to get the rest of the sun. He said he's on. There's nothing worse than this weather coming up. I literally, I've got the fan blowing on me now. Literally, I can't. There's nothing worse. This, this hot weather is, you know, I'm not happy with this. He said he's going to be the worst four or five months of my life now. <laughs> And on that positive note, thanks for joining us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is why you never see, this is why you never see me at the match play, because, yeah. Forget all the history and the prize money. It's too uh, hot. I'm yeah, not, I don't want it. No point. There's no point. Just give me a Euro tour in Iceland or Alaska or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'll win that. Cheers, Ricky. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take care. Thank Cheers, you. Ricky. Thanks for having me.
love chatting to Ricky Evans. I still, he's just, I, chilled. I, he's just chilled, any like, <laughs> yes, so relaxed. And it seems like from what he's saying, that has been his approach now this year. And it's very strange because when you see him come onto the stage from just from a viewing perspective, you think he's probably the most relaxed from day one. Yes, there's moments where there's the facial expressions, there's those sort of play, but it generally comes across as someone who's quite relaxed. But it looks like that's happened um, more re- more frequently this year. But going on to the Euro Tour number nine, where Ricky played on the Friday afternoon, where Gene Van Veen opened things up and the start of a great weekend of. Yeah, look. Gian is an absolute talent. We've seen plenty of him in the Super Series. We're now seeing some fantastic results and performance level from Gian as well. He's not just picking off top names that aren't playing very well. He is destroying players at times. He is absolutely superb. Um, look, the one concern I think that's going to be around Gian is the action. We've seen the objetta maybe. I'm not sure I like the way that he rolls the dart into his hand at all, but at the minute, he's producing some fantastic results and he's a real danger. People will not want to be playing him on the Pro Tour right now or the Euro Tour. Yeah, also on Friday afternoon, straight wins for Ricky Evans, who's just been with us. Christoph Ratoist, he threw some ridiculous numbers against Bayern Moshe. Liam, anyone from you sort of stand out on Friday afternoon? Yeah, I would probably say Ratoisky. I think he averaged nearly 107 or something ridiculous like that. Um, Rossman Montgomery was was one that a six four win uh, as well, and he had a good run over the weekend. Um, I don't know if he had one on the Euro Tour before this weekend. I could be wrong, um, but no, a good weekend from him. But yeah, uh, uh, Ricky Evans is uh, just shy of a ton. Uh, but no, probably if I had to pick uh, one standout performance from that session, it would be Ratajski with that one hundred and seven. Done from it. From a level of sort of disappointment, Alan Suter at the minute just can't seem to find a, a run or a dud performance. It was a quite a, a difficult watch from someone who enjoys watching Suits. Yeah, he's got a certain style with his throw, but it's just not going his way on Euro Tour at the minute, even though he seems to be qualifying for near enough all of them. Yeah, he's been very up and down, hasn't he? When he first hit the Pro Tour, we saw some fantastic mm-hmm. results from him. We saw that run in Minehead. Uh, middle of the season, struggled a bit, came back towards the back end of last season, went for a, what was called a tune-up with his manufacturer, who I think changed his flight and stems ever so slightly. And all of a sudden, he started banging in 180s for fun. The level of performance just flew up from suits. But that hasn't been maintained this side of Christmas. Um, it's not been the best five months for him results-wise. Um, and he, he looks to be struggling that that little bit of the performance down at an 84 here against Clearmacker. Um, who like it's not slow or anything, didn't really have home support. He's Dutch, so th- there's no real acceptance for it. Look, he's four from five and out of ring as well, so that just shows you how, how badly he's scoring at the minute. He just needs to find some more range on that treble bed. Yeah, and then moving on to the evening session, it's hard not to start with um, the four ton plus jet outs that Adam Smith Neil produced in his. 6-5 win, which was just some unbelievable stuff from the first round, Liam. Yeah, um, some, and look, 
this was um, over the the, the the afternoon the evening sessions there was probably not some surprise wins but some wins from players that that, that needed uh to get a win on the on the board on the euro tour i mean all the the, the difference it makes with the prize money etc now with them being back uh but i mean for to hit that amount of tom plus finishes in any match is incredible but over such a short format uh he looked like he couldn't miss there at one stage um so yeah good win from him um barney was good as well in the evening session as well a 6-3 win for him um and a good win for josh payne over simon whitlock as well Mentioned there, Liam, the good win for Barney. Did it surprise you how good that win sort of was with a style of play that Lawrence has? Because it's a bit slower than Barney likes. Yeah, rephrase that. It's a bit slower than any human on the planet likes. <laughs> it's just a bit strange that whole throw in general. It just it kind of winds me up a little bit now, to be honest. But that's. It works for him, so that's what that's what that's what matters. Uh, but no, Barney, I think, think he didn't. Uh, was it a, a ninety-eight average? Um, and he won five legs in a row, whatever. So yeah, look, it was good from Barney. Hasn't had much success really on the Euro Tour um, at all since he's come back. Um, but um, a good win for him um, over uh, a slightly unusual throwing technique from uh, Liam. He's some nicotine gum away from being insufferable. He, 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 he reminds me a little bit of a younger Andrew Gilly. That's who, that's who chews the nicotine gum. Honestly, now I've told you that as well. You will not be able to unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just one other result um, I want to touch upon from Friday evening. Just looking at the match play race, Simon Whitlock was in about 12th, I want to say, about a month ago, month and a half ago. He's now currently sat in 17th and dropped out of that race currently for the, the match play. Question marks around the Wizards' form because, yes, he's a player of we know and don't have a run one week and then to a semi-final, final quite easily in real life, something quite special. But at the moment, it's just not falling into place for the Wizards. More than question marks. Marks, mate. Quite, quite serious concern, I think, for Simon Whitlock's formula. He's, he's not getting any younger. We know he's been quite cyclical in the past in terms of form and that he'll have these drops, but then he'll have big upturns in form. But the upturns seem to be lasting less and less. And these dips seem to be lasting longer and longer. He's slowly working his way down the order of merit. It feels like, obviously, like you just said, he is outside that world match play race. Um not just concern for him in terms of the world match play race, but actually concern for him in terms of what we're going to talk about in a bit, in that the World Cup's around the corner and Australia are defending champions. There's no Damon Hatter singles matches to get you out of trouble and you're stealing pairs. It's pairs all the way. If you're not on it from dart one, Australia might be in trouble because Simon Whitlock is struggling. Is, but is that tournament done at the right time? Because it's the only time all year you can rely on a partner. Is that coming at the right time for the Wizard that he can rely on Damon or vice versa throughout that weekend? It we might can. not be the worst time for that to come. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, sometimes the World Cup can give players a boost uh, playing with a partner that they're, they're, they're not in that, that form at the moment, but it's a completely different tournament. So it throws uh, some players' lifelines in terms of their confidence and that. And we've seen Whitlock in this position before when you just think he might be down and out on his way out, just comes roaring back. And then 
all is fine for another year and a half then and 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 so i wouldn't be surprised if we see that from whitlock in the in the next couple of weeks and like you said uh lee that the world cup might just be coming at the right time for him um playing with damon hedger and then moving on to saturday afternoon a couple of for me strange strange results of that performance wise ryan sell losing six one to manage rasma the manner of that defeat Danny Nopper, that in Nottos, sits fourth, Gene Van Veen. Yes, we know what Gene can do, but not be favourite. And then another one in in Dirt. There was quite a few surprises Saturday afternoon, Dob. There was. Look, Dirk is one that I think we can possibly excuse in this situation. He's had the knee injury of late. We're not sure how much he's, he's practising. Like he's still been playing okay, but he's not quite got the same explosiveness to his game whilst that's been going on. And Daryl Gurney, look, despite the fact the average 88 was 6 from 10 on the outer ring and is incredibly experienced at this stage. Danny Noppert being beaten by Gian Van Veen and the manner of Ryan Searle's defeat to, to Madders Rasma is quite a concern for those two players. Ryan Searle was top six. Is, is he still top 16? I'm not sure where he's fallen to at the minute. But he was just outside, really, of the Premier League conversation. He's 14th in the world right now, but doesn't feel like he's moving in an upwards direction at the moment. And Danny Nopper, look, they're, when you're not in the Premier League and you are someone like Danny, who is less... Commercially viable? Commercially viable. I'm remembering. remembering I, I don't even know what the word is I'm trying to say. Um, it doesn't stand out as much as some of the other names in the Premier League. So whilst they're going on, so that this would have been a perfect time for him to just go under the radar, pick up pro tours, have a go at Euro tours, etc., etc. But he seems to have just shied away a little bit, almost as if not including in memorable. That's the one, Mace. Um, <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that with Nico all day. It's like having a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> it's almost as if not being picked for the Premier League with the constant conversations around it just being that he isn't as commercially viable or as memorable or as exciting to watch has knocked him a little bit because if no matter what you do apart from force yourself into the top four going win one of the big two or three tournaments is going to get you into the Premier League that would knock anybody I think yeah yeah, I think it would. Also, a win on Saturday afternoon for Rob Frost, who beat Clean Macca 6 2. Moving on to Saturday afternoon. 
I'm sorry, Saturday evening. We talked about Barney getting through one slow player. <laughs> Andrew Dildon in the next round. And then to sort of play at a standard, which is a decent standard, 95 for Barney, in a game where he's probably going to struggle with that pace. So to that of the line, that convincingly against the Utah Open champion was a very, very good win. Liam, I'll come back to you because I don't want to talk about the disappointment of Clayton's weekend too much to dob. So I'll come back to you on the Ross Montgomery one. As you said, got that win on Friday. What a performance then to be Johnny on Saturday night. Yeah, and look, there's not going to be too many players that would have backed uh, Ross Montgomery to have won that one on on Saturday night. Look, I mean, it's always tough when you're coming from a Premier League on a Thursday night and there there would have been a little bit of a hangover from, from Johnny Clayton. Um, going into the weekend's action, but Ross, brilliant, brilliant win from him. F- fired in a 12 hour to, uh, to win the match as well. So, I mean, for a player in, in Ross's position with the prize money that this Euro Tour um, brings, it's 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 so crucial um, to, to pick them a couple of wings up. It makes a big difference on, on the rankings and qualifying for some tournaments at the back end of the year. Um, but yeah, that was a big shock. And like we said, Barney, good win for him, 6-0. Didn't really seem to, to bother him, the slow players this weekend. He would have wanted to keep playing the slow players as he progressed throughout the weekend. Um, but no, a big win for Ross Montgomery um, in, in that one on Saturday evening. Let's not forget just how busy Johnny's been of late, by the way. Uh, Premier League... Every week, Thursday, he went last week, he went Thursday night, Premier League, stepped in for Van Gerwen on the Friday night at an exhibition, Saturday, Sunday, Pro Tours, travelled to London Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, uh, Media Day, Wednesday, Premier League finals night, Thursday, played another exhibition on Friday night, flew to Germany for Saturday morning to play Saturday night. I'm not saying that Johnny Clayton should be losing games of darts to Ross Montgomery, but off the back of the last couple of weeks... Still gets the prize money. He doesn't get it on the rankings, of course. But now that the Premier League season is done, I don't expect to see as many upsets like this against Johnny Clayton. Just one other game from Saturday night to talk about David Special where it's being played. Schindler versus Clements. Surprised in that sort of result or expected it from what we've seen from Schindler these past five months? Not even past five months. Probably since the World Cup last year. There's a serious argument to suggest that Martin Schindler, despite the world rankings, is the German number one on form. He's picking up better results, especially on the Euro Tour. I think his A game is better than Gabriel Clemens. And I think it's only really a matter of time before Schindler shoots up in the rankings and Clemens possibly drops a little bit. Yeah. And great win for Christoph Rattoist as well. Dimmy for absolutely everything. I think that 15 dot hold in the last leg. Uh, was special from the Polish Eagle, someone as well who hasn't really been in the type of form that we've seen previously. Then moving on to Sunday afternoon, the run down to an end for Barney with Luke Humphreys getting the better of him, 6-2. Two of the best young players in the world right now went head-to-head, in uh, Van Veen and Josh Roth, and it was Van Veen who come through this one there. Yeah, and look, I suspect that in the, in the not too distant future that these are going to be playing in in, uh, in some some big finals to come. Gene Van Veen was just brilliant all weekend, really, in my opinion. 
Um, he's really he's really done well this year. Um, got, overcame Josh Rock as well. Six three was a good victory for him. Um, and and Rock just just didn't have enough for um, Veen in that match, but no, it was a good win for the young Dutchman. And like I said, uh, we're going to see these these playing a lot more in the future. Damon Hetter came through seats five against Joe Cullen. Upset of Sunday afternoon saw Martin Schindler beat Durbin Price dog. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. But again, it shows the level. I, I don't think Schindler is scared of the big names. And again, in a comparison with Gabriel Clemens, I think he gets a little bit edgy against some of the bigger names, some of the bigger performances. Schindler, we've seen, look, not necessarily come out on the right side of it. But then you think back to the World Cup when he's gone up against Van Gerwen. We've seen group stages of the Grand Slam. He is capable of producing a ridiculous level. Um, and he's not afraid of the bigger names. Do you think that... You thought there was not scared of the bigger names. Do you think that differs depending on where that game's being played as well, though? Potentially. Look, when, the, when there's, what, 13 events on the Euro Tour and 9 or 10 of them are in your back garden then it's a bit different but look all, all to him at the minute Germany is a massive market in that regard you're not just suddenly going to pick up the Euro Tour and put it one in each country because I'm not sure there's a demand or, or the travel or, or the knowledge to do so um, at the minute it's in Germany and he's making the most of it yeah carrying on Sunday afternoon Ross Smith got the better of Daryl Durney sits four Nathan Aspinall beat Razma sits four Rob Cross beat Ross Montgomery, sits free, and Christophe Ratoisty, another fantastic performance this weekend to beat Dave Chisnell, sits one. So then moving on to Sunday night and to quarterfinal stage, we had Lute Humphreys get the better of Gene Van Veen, sits four. Damon Hetter just stepped past Martin Schindler. In a very, very good game of darts. I mean, the one yeah, before yeah. wasn't bad. 109 played 106. But yeah, Damon Hetter edging past yeah. Schindler despite averaging five points learning him. Just superb, really. Yeah, and look, Gene Van Veen has been on the uh, the, the receiving end of some big, big averages when he's exited uh, these tournaments recently. I mean, 109 is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it was going to take... Van Veen was in some great form all weekend it was going to take something a little bit special from Humphreys to knock him out but I mean 109 um, that's one way to do it Ross Smith beat Nave National sits 5 and Rob Cross beat Christopher Toasty sits 4 which teed up our semi-finals which was Lou Humphreys Dame Letter and Ross Smith versus Rob Cross first semi-final dub Lou Humphreys getting the better of Damon Hetter 7-5 just probably, first of all, one thing on Damon Hatter, we've seen, certainly seen a change of approach on Wartons. We, we spoke about that a few weeks ago. But from a performance perspective, Damon Hatter was playing some very, very good stuff, but not finding the wins that probably he deserved. But right now, that seems to have changed. And he's able to get over the line in a, a run, a semi final run. We talked about Whitlock's form then in the World Cup, but Damon Hatter seems to be finding a bit of form now. Yeah, look. He's been playing some really, really good stuff. I'm not sure if that is the ease that he's finding himself on stage at the moment because of 
the walk-ons, if that's taking a bit of the edge off and he's allowed to just go up there a little bit more relaxed when he does tow the hockey, um, or, or what the combination is, that he's always been a fantastic floor player. He's struggled a little bit in front of the cameras and he is turning that around right now. Um, but regardless of that, regardless of the second semi-final in which um, Ross Smith is there because Nathan Aspel missed a double for a nine and, and then Ross Smith four darts later pinches the leg... This was written in the stars at this point. Who was going to be in the final? Is just on semi-final one in the Euro Tour semi-final is the one player you want to avoid, Lou Humphries, because that man has just done at least nap of that into finals for that for this year. Four, I think it was last year. I know he picked up four. I think he won them all. Um, the, the man just seems the Euro Tour just it, and Lou Humphries just stole hand in hand. It's the draw that no one seems to want at that at this stage. Which yeah, the man makes his livings from Euro Tours. If it was just Euro Tour all year, every year, the man would be the best player in the world. <laughs> and then I don't it's strange though. It is really strange because you look back at the number of players that have won a Euro Tour, and that list is still incredibly small. I mean, up until this weekend, Rob Cross had never won a Euro Tour. You look at the players that have won. <laughs> floor events or, or major titles. Some of them still don't have Euro Tour titles. It's so difficult to win, which is even more obscene that somebody like Luke Humphreys, who is still relatively early in his career, is able to just go and dominate an event that is so difficult to win. We know it's difficult to win because only a certain number of players have done it. It's just... Every weekend, he tends to be at a Euro Tour. His, his name is written on being in that final. Um, it's just some incredible stuff by Lou Humphreys. As you said, it's sort of, we got to Sunday evening, it was just written in the stars that it was going to be Lou Humphreys versus Rob Frost. We've spoke about it for weeks. It sounds like since Dark Rantins have put up a World Cup race, everyone's been talking about how close the two of them are. And Rob Frost put in a fantastic performance against Ross Smith that led us to having a... World Cup playoff game in a Euro Tour final is probably the best way to describe it, where the winner would be partnering Michael Smith and it was Rob Cross who got over the line with an 8-6 win. And it's hard to say when you look at uh, the sort of the numbers at a game, but when you watch a game and you know how unfortunate Rob Cross has been in Euro Tour finals, does he deserve this one, Dolph? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to start. I'm never in the habit of just giving out titles because people deserve it because they've been there a certain number of times. But the performance level from Rob Cross, he's running to Luke Humphreys in enough of these finals to be able to knowing just how good Luke Humphreys is on the Euro Tour, having sat here last week and said he really wouldn't put it past Luke rocking up this weekend and winning it to steal that last place in the World Cup team off of Rob Cross to produce not only the run to make the final but to hold it all together in the final against Luke Humphreys, who was averaging 104, by the way, and 50% on his doubles, is some performance from Rob Cross. And look, that is one more off his bat now. He's won a title at every single level in the PDC, all the way from amateur. As a Riley's Open qualifier winner, he's, he's played at the UK Open. He's won majors, he's won Euro Tours, Pro Tours, World Series events, World Championship. Like, he deserves it right now. And he is seriously in the conversation for that top eight, for that... Um, Premier League next year, dare I say it, as we've only just finished this 
fucking addition. Um, but if he carries on playing like this, Rob Cross is going to win more majors, despite the fact that he wasn't in that Premier League this year. And all the talk is around Van Gerwen and Wright and not even Wright, Smith and Price and Clayton and Aspinall. And Rob Cross is right in that conversation right now. He is playing some lovely darts. I've, he said, he said afterwards that he didn't want to be in that conversation, Liam, because he wants to be the underdog. He wants to sort of, he, he doesn't want anyone to know that he's winning games of darts because he wants to go under the radar. He also sort of alluded to that he feels right now that his game is probably getting to the best it's ever been. Do you think that's the case? Coming from someone who's already won a world champion? I mean, it's, it's difficult to say when we see the levels we saw him when he won that world championship. Um, but look, I find myself about four or five times a year saying Rob Cross is so underrated. Rob Cross is so underrated, and it, it happens all the time that he's he's never really in the conversation for these big titles, and he's one of the one players outside maybe Smith, um, Wright, MVG, and Price that that is a big big threat and and has the ability to compete with these these big boys at the back end of these tournaments. And I think if he can just get maybe missing out in the Premier League or not being in the Premier League this year, could be the best thing that Cross has done. Um, if he keeps winning, there's no doubt he'll be in the conversation for, for it again next year. But just leading into the the next month or so, going into the match play, and now he's in the World Cup. Um, and like we said, if he, he feels like that confidence is there with him and he's playing some good stuff, he's going to be a big, big danger. Um, going into the back end of the year. And Doc, just just a word on sort of Louis Humphreys. We obviously fourth final this year, won the four we was in last year, played an incredible final with an, a huge amount of pressure on his shoulders, but just took that out of the line against Rob Cross. He's sort of in that conversation as well, it seems to be, of just on the brink of Premier League, just on the brink of doing something. Is it just he needs a TV title and then that changes? Or is there more that he's needed from Lou Humphreys? I think so. Look, there's also a conversation to say that despite everything that Luke has won recently, his Euro Tour dominance, his world ranking position, he's also probably one of the unluckiest players on tour right now. He was extremely unfortunate to miss out on a place in the Premier League. He's now been one match away from putting himself in the England World Cup squad. Um, with not seeing too much of him on the World Series, as far as I remember off the top of my head. And he is a player that, look, he's playing well enough, is, is world-ranked high enough, former World Youth Champion as well, that is probably deserving of some of these opportunities. So, look, there is a conversation that, yes, unfortunate, good run, keep going, possibly a little unlucky to be there. But actually, on, on the other side of this one, I just want to go back to it, heading into the World Cup, this is the best result for England, I think. Look, there was plenty saying that <coughs> Luke Humphreys, Michael Smith would complement each other more, that Smith would probably want to play with Luke Humphreys. And if Rob Cross had held on to that place without winning this title, without doing it so in the fashion that he'd done, if Luke Humphreys had fallen early, but there were still those conversations going on, I think that's difficult for Rob Cross to be able to get up there and go and play how he wants to play. But having beaten Luke out for it in this fashion as well, in a final for 30 grand or whatever your tour is these days in a best of 15, that will do Rob Cross wonders heading into the world cup in a few weeks time. And mentioned there, the world cup, we have 31 of our 32 nations now completed. I think Iceland is the only one to be completed. 
Yes, we're not going to preview sort of the World Cup because we'll do that in a couple of weeks when we're at that. But from your perspective, Liam, we've spoke about it, me and Dob, a few times and, and Phil, but looking at the World Cup this year, down to group stages, down to doubles format throughout, then you've got sort of the knockout stages. How much are you looking forward to this year's competition now we're closer to knowing our full lot of parents? Oh, I mean, I absolutely can't wait. I mean, I, in my eyes, this could be my favourite tournament on the calendar. I just think there's so much intrigue with the the, the all pairs um, matches throughout the tournament. I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't know how how. I mean, it's, it was always kind of a backup for some players that they'd have the single matches or whatever. I just think there's going to be so much drama and so many twists and turns. Um, it's going to be near on impossible to call a, a winner, maybe, uh, of some of these matches when they're facing off. I mean, it's I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And it's what the tournament needed, uh, in my opinion. It's what we were all calling for for so long. Pairs matches all the way. Um, and that's what we've got now. And I think it's just going to, it's going to give... Um, it's going to be enthralling for the, for the, for the, when, when it begins... Um, and we're already starting the discussions now that we know uh, most of the pairings um, from each country. So, uh, look, I absolutely can't wait for it. And it's about time that they made it pairs all the way through. <laughs> yeah, just I look now at like even just the top eight, and the, within all of those eight teams, you've got a player in, in form. You've England, Rob Cross, obviously just winning this weekend, Michael Smith winning through Premier League nights. Um, before that final one, MVG just picked up the Premier League title for Holland. Price getting to the final, the form he's had in the Premier League. Gary Anderson coming back into form for Scotland. Dimi winning the final night of the Premier League. And then even though we lost to Ritois, he played well this weekend. Martin Schindler, we've seen what he can do. Damon Hector finding that form. Yes, Whitlock maybe struggling a little bit. Daryl Durney's speaking very, very confidently to fill this weekend and final levels of performance. That's just the top eight teams. We'd like to say, we're not going to predict or we're not going to look at that. But out of those eight, who goes into the World Cup as favourites from the pair of you? And outside the top eight, what country are you looking forward to the most? Christ. Um... Yeah, I've chucked you right off off the idea. This one, uh, yeah. We actually but... did a run through tonight before tonight's show. Normally, we rock up fifteen minutes before. <laughs> Phil has either arranged stuff to go on screen or he hasn't, and then he just goes right. We're just going to crack on tonight. Me and Liam been saying it's ten past seven, putting all these slides neatly together because Phil just don't running for everything. Just, just yeah, is a World Cup question bad at you? First yeah. of all, while Liam is thinking about the answer, I'll think about it while Liam's answering. Um, I love the fact it's gone to all pairs. I love this format. I love the fact they've got more countries in. I love the look of it. I like the fact that some teams are going to get a buy from the group. Or maybe I do, maybe I don't. The one thing I don't like is that Australia as defending champions aren't one of those countries that be seeded through. I think that should be a addendum moving forward. Defending champions, get them out of that group stage, get them into that knockout where the teams, because they've got individuals ranked higher, are... Um, no, Australia are defending champions. They shouldn't have to go through this group stage. Um, the other thing to say is this is what we think or believe the lineups are. Most are confirmed by various one outlet or another. This isn't from the PDC, this is from Wikipedia. Um, and we are waiting on Iceland still. I don't think there's going to be many differences, if loads at all. Um, 
But if there are any changes, it wasn't us. <laughs> Saving ourselves there. Is that what you're doing, Bill? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I'll go first then while you think about it. I'm obviously favourite to me going in should be England. World champion, Rob Frost form is in. I was thinking more Wales, but I'm just a little concerned with Johnny's story at the moment. That's just why I imagine towards England. Team I'm looking forward to the most, just because we've been calling for him for years, is France. I want, Allez, see, le bleu. Exactly. I want to see <laughs> I want to see France at the World Cup. I wouldn't have been excited to see France in the former format, but now in this format, I'd probably a little bit more. But so there's the, the team I'm looking forward to and my favourites currently. Who wants to go next? Yeah, i I I'm gonna be boring now and I'm gonna say France. I think we've waited for him. It's like the, the pairs all the way through. We've waited so long for it. Just has to be good now, doesn't it? So, um, I think the French team. Um, I, I would, yeah, I was kind of humming and home between England and Wales. I just think the dynamic that Garwin Price and Johnny Clayton have with each other um, might just put them ahead as as favourites. I mean, I know Price lost um, in the Premier League final, but I mean the levels that he's shown recently have just been ridiculous. And in fairness to Johnny, his best weeks in the Premier League came at the back end of the Premier League. Um, so, I mean, you could say that is recent-ish, um, even though we have some concerns over his um, his score and power. Um, but Michael's Rob Cross winning on the Euro Tour on Sunday, and Michael Smith is certainly going to be very, very dangerous. And, and we are going to get a lot of surprises here because of the pairs the whole way through. There will be teams that will have a good dynamic together and, and teams that won't. Um, work as well with the pairs only all the way through, whether that be pace or um, just generally getting on with, with one another when they're on the hockey. Um, but I think we're, it's going to be tricky to predict some of these matches. Well done, Dob. One quick announcement. This is why I love darts, by the way, because I am English, right? And for all my life, I've been brought up being told in sport, we hate the French. Football, <laughs> rugby, anything else they can get their hands on. We hate the French. And all of a sudden it gets to darts and I'm saying going Allez le bleu for about 18 months. It's just not right. <laughs> but such is the nature of darts. Look, justice has been served, I think, to the French. Um, Favourites for me are Wales. I think you can put Michael Smith, Michael Van Gerwen and Gerwin Price all on a level together right now. They come down to who's your better B player. And whilst Rob Cross and Michael Smith have been to the final before, Rob Cross is in great form of the Euro Tour. Danny Knopper, incredibly steady, major winner. I think Johnny Clayton is the best of those three, especially in this situation. Wales have been there and done it before. He is him and... Gerwin Price have the best relationship out of any of those pairs, I think, in terms of friendship and just being able to galvanise each other and keep them going. So that gives Wales the edge for me. Look, I think Gary Anderson's form at the minute, especially on the Pro Tour, is potentially at the level of some of those names we just mentioned as well. But the concern there is Peter Wright is in absolutely no form whatsoever. If Peter Wright rocks up and goes, we're winning this World Cup with 
a set of darts that he's won a world championship with before. Look out for the Scots because they will be incredibly dangerous, those two. But you just don't know which one of them is going to turn up. Um, the team I am excited to see. Not sure how Italy have picked their team because every year I look at their team and go, well, they weren't the names we saw doing well at Q School, so that makes no sense. I want to see Hong Kong. Man Lok Lung is an incredibly talented player. I expected you to tell USA. No. Uh, I appreciate Jules Van Dongen is the only tour card holder within the USA, but actually I don't think he's the best USA representative dance player. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I just I was uh, guessing where the route you was going to go down. I thought that was going to be the route um, that was mentioned. I quite like the look of Team Canada. Matt Campbell is playing probably the best darts we've seen from him as a PDC tour card <coughs> holder. Um, just a little bit worried about Jeff Smith, to be honest. <laughs> it used to be the other way around. Jeff Smith Jeff Smith was always a steady one. It's which Matt Campbell is going to turn up. <laughs> If gets motoring and just plays steady like he can, Canada have, have got a chance as an outside team. Um, as of Poland, Christoph Petrup in the last couple of weeks on the Pro Tour has been superb. Um, Ratajski looks steady at the weekend. Yeah, there's definitely a few in there. And there's certain players who find a way to the well for the Tundra. You looked at someone like Mensor, who's got absolutely zero forms, tends to find a way in a World Cup. There's, there's a few players that certainly come to mind. However, looking more at the closer future, this weekend, we are off to Madison Square Gardens. I say we're off. Mr. Bars is on his way there as we speak. Just running through the players who are competing this weekend. So from a PDC 8, it's Michael Smith, Peter Wright, Michael Van Derwin, Derwin Price. Eurotour winner, well, finalists are both there this weekend in Rob Cross and Lou Humphreys. Dimitri Vandenberg and Nathan Aspinall complete the eight. And from a North American representative, which is also the same field that will be playing in the North American Championship, it is Jeff Smith, Matt Campbell, Jules Van Donden, Alex Spellman, Jim Lund, Jay, uh, Jason Brandon, JT Davis and Jake McMillan. So I wrong. <laughs> why? I've missed Jake's name off the bottom. Oh yeah. Luckily <laughs> I'm reading luckily I've luckily I've got my own list and I wasn't reading the screen. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why. Um, it's very hard to sort of well, we never sort of preview a, a an event without the draw. I guess similar then to the World Cup. Who goes into this weekend now as favourite? Van Derwin does of his Premier League exploits? God knows. It's a, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, there could be an argument to be made for so many players here. Um, I mean, we've seen Humphreys and Cross make the final of the weekend. Van Gerwen, recent Premier League champion, prices form in the Premier League. So I'm not exactly narrowing down the list. Um, Michael Smith might want to to re want to get a bit of revenge uh, for that semi final defeat, but I think we could see a winner from from Cross or Humphreys again. I think one of them could go all the way to the final. Yeah, I 
Dob, any any sort of concerns from that eight man field? Obviously we know that Dimi didn't have the best of Premier League runs. Peter Wright, you've mentioned they're not in the best form. Are they sort of the, where your question marks are or where I guess if you're a North American player, the type of player you want to draw in that first round? I think Aspinall is the one you'd be uh, not Aspinall, Vandenberg is the one you'd be looking at. Um my concern would be that if he can't go and produce a result, depending on the draw, I guess. Um with virtually no pressure on him in, in that first round, then would be a little bit worried about Vandenberg's form for the rest of the year. Aspinall brutally missing out on the Premier League finals night, should we say, the very last game that he could have played. Um, I expect him to bounce back. He was pretty steady at the weekend. Luke Humphrey's got a point to prove. Will the, the pain of missing the World Cup affect him? Potentially, but I think he also was quite disappointed on missing out on the Europe, on the Premier League, he looks solid. Um, the concern would just be the travel for the other guys. Obviously, we saw a couple of them play on the Euro Tour this weekend. Gerwin Price has had a ridiculous few days. I said about Johnny Clayton's few days. Gerwin Price's have been just as bad. He, he played, uh, was in the, the same run from Johnny, basically. So it was uh, week 16 in the Premier League, exhibition on the Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, travel to London on the Tuesday media day on the Wednesday, Premier League finals night on the Thursday, in which obviously played an extra game. Friday night, uh, they were both at the same exhibition again, I believe. Saturday, Sunday, Euro tours, straight journeys in and out. I saw Dimitri's posting that they'd gone straight from Frankfurt into Heathrow and Heathrow back out to New York. There's a lot of travel at the minute and it's how long these guys are giving themselves time to just settle down because especially for the World Series, for countries that we haven't been to as often, the media commitments and demands are quite high, just to try and spread the word a bit. And these guys are going to be in demand. So look, if they get through that first game, look, you know what these guys are capable of, but tiredness could play a factor. And fl flipping that sort of question around, looking at the eight-man field from North America, who do the PDC players want to avoid? Because there's the... I guess the positive here we can talk about North American darts now is a lot of these are now becoming household names for dart fans. These are probably a few years back, <coughs> one or two in there maybe, if you'd had this sort of field. Now you're looking down this list, especially how much we're able to see the game on PDC TV. There's not really any huge surprises probably that is expected, but who, if you could only pick one to avoid, would it be Matt Campbell? Yeah. yeah, for me, uh, I think it's the standout name of the list. Um, look, we know Jules Van Dongen is a tour card holder and, and Jeff Smith has done well um, in the last couple of years and has a good level. Um, hasn't been able to find it recently, but definitely Matt Campbell. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Campbell goes on a little bit of a run this weekend. Um, he's in some good form um, and I certainly think he's he's the man. He's, he's, he's proven now on, on, on the TV stage that he can post them 90s averages and and compete uh, at the in the in the back in the tournaments as well in well in early rounds of the TV tournaments. Um, so yeah, for me, Matt Campbell is certainly the one that they'll want to avoid um, in them rounds. Few players missing from that list though: Leonard Dates, Badish, Leonard Dates, last year's winner. Um, disappointing not to see those within that eight. Especially Leonard being previous winner. Yeah. Uh, 
well, you say that. You've got no Leonard Gates, no Danny Baggish, no David Cameron, um, no Danny no. Lowry Jr. And whilst these names are recognisable, <coughs> I, I saw someone comment on social media saying it was strange that those four weren't involved. Um, but they had qualifiers just like everybody else. And whilst they were brutal short match formats, the, the Baggish line got to be a, a weird little bit. It was just... Um, yeah, strange us four aren't involved either. Um, having to qualify one bad game hurting me. I was like, yeah, but the guys that have qualified didn't have one bad game. That's literally how a qualifier works. You have to be able to repeat the level that you can produce when you need it most. That's, that's the story of being a dark player. You can't rely on handouts or anything like that. So whilst it is disappointing, I guess, for people that are getting... People that under, watch the game less than we do, perhaps, that aren't aware of some of the names or that are, would recognise a, a Leonard Gates after last year, but perhaps wouldn't know who a Jason Brandon or, or a JT Davis is, might be a little bit disappointed, I guess, from the, from the common fan. But look, all of these guys have earned their shot. You think how many different players have represented Australia and New Zealand over the last decade or so that we've had World Series events there? it's good that North America has these names that can go and knock out these players. Yeah, agree. Just on that question on the screen is the eighth one. It is Jake McMillan, who is not on the screen, just um, propped off mistakenly. But I guess my point on it, Dobbies, with the four players who you've mentioned, and there's plenty more, not really got an argument for three of them. However, anyone who wins... The championship should return as defending champion like the following year. And for me, Leonard Dates should be one of the players in that field. I thought I thought Phil Bars was in the air, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he should. I thought I thought Phil Bars was was up there somewhere, pal. I am up there. <laughs> head in the clouds look yes I know <laughs> I understand defending champions being given that opportunity or, or right to defend it I guess it's difficult depending on the criteria isn't it where some of that is invitation based on achievements elsewhere and, and some of it is based off qualifiers if it was based off a ranking system then by winning it last time out chances are you're going to be in the contention on a, on a one year cycle or even a two year cycle to be there again and it's where this is invitational. So for an invitational, yeah, I'm not against that. For things like the match play, if you win it one year, but you drop out of the 16 in either direction, then no. But I guess they're opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, that's like that is if you win one of those, like the match play, the likelihood if you're not being in the 16 is very rare. Um, you would be in that. So that is the upcoming week in darts. <laughs> A week in darts, Mr. Darwood. I know the we had series four week three completed on Saturday evening, and the current WDF world champion picked up the five tag. He did. If you're watching now, you've had enough bloody chances. It's about time. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's why I passed to you. I'm not giving him any praise whatsoever. You can do that, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, look, look, he was brilliant as well throughout. Um, I thought Matt Dennant was was very unlucky. I thought he played some brilliant darts. He just switched Charles. off that. The complete wrong. I know he's a friend of yours as well, lives locally yeah. to you, but... So um, close. 
so close. And uh, to be fair, uh, a Dennant versus Duff final was probably what that week deserved, especially that finals night. Bradley Roos was fantastic in the moment that, that Matty Dennant turned off. And as a, a youngster, he's another one on that production line that is just going to be a, a super talent. Questions perhaps around mentality at times in a week-long competition like that, but he's still a kid. He's got time to learn that. He's definitely got the ability. He took out some incredibly clutch finishes. I think there was a one-two-one against Dennett on the ball where just stones on a kid. I'm like, fair play to you, mate. I'm so glad that my dev tour career went absolutely nowhere because I want nothing to do with the players that are coming through these days. Yeah, fortunate enough to see him at Lightside picked up the junior event and um, he, he looked at a very, very good talent then. It's good to now see more of him um, and seeing him get to finals night and get into the final. Um, I, I think it was just an experience thing that nailed that over the line on Saturday. Uh, a very good win. And like I said, at about time. I was I was up to the semi-final. I said Neil and Matt in the semi-final. And I just thought, oh, when I looked at them four names... Just one of them that threw. <laughs> the both got there so close so many times. It was just one of them that out of the line, just from a from a personal perspective. Um, but generally a very, very good week. Uh anything else, weekend darts? Uh no picture of it, and I'll be honest, I haven't been through the Dark Connect stats as yet. Uh, but Luke Littler is the advanced tour champion. Um no surprises there. Look, that advanced tour is incredibly tough, full of some fantastic players, the likes of, of Leighton Bennett, Henry Coates. Um, but Luke is is just ridiculous. Um, is... It, didn't, didn't I say that he's completed JDC in theory of winning everything that's possibly going? Pretty much. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about hyping kids up and going to be a future world champion and whatever else. And very cautious of, of falling into that trap with a lot of players, but I think Luke is different. I genuinely think he is a level above what we see at youth prospects. He is arguably more adept, more mature in his performances than a lot of professional players at the minute as well. Um, and I think he's got a... Re- I think pretty much everybody else in darts agrees that he has a ridiculous future in this game if he can stay on the current level and, and curvature that he's on. Yeah, it's 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 one of them where you, again you don't want to put too much pressure on someone so young, um, but I guess just talking to you, Liam, on it, you, we've seen so much of him now. He seems to be playing in something every weekend, whether it's been streamed, whether it's on TV, obviously some of the UK Open. His game at the moment, it's at a ridiculous standard for someone that age. Well, actually, I'll rephrase that: it's at a ridiculous standard for that age. It's just at a ridiculous standard. Yeah, and I suppose the scary thing is if he keeps improving, um, how high the ceiling is going to be because he's still so young and we've seen so much from such a short period of time. I mean, it's scary. I mean, I've seen some of the stats when he was playing in, in the Super Series a couple of weeks ago. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous, the numbers that he's posting. Um, it'll be interesting when he turns the edge. How old is he now? Is he 16 now? He, yeah. he sits, yeah, in the 70s, doesn't he, around New Year's Day, New Year's Eve type. I'm sure yeah, it's so the one with Christmas. When it he missed the Q school. Like, or something. 
the Go cutoff on, is the world final and he's the week after. No, when did he win his UK Open? Like 10th, maybe? So I'd be interested to see when, yeah. when he inevitably gets his tour card, how much it'll improve him, but hopefully it'll improve him playing against uh, the best players um, year in, year out. And then we we, we, we might see some scary new levels from him. Um, depending on what way they go, I mean, it's all, there's always question marks about uh, a player so young and, and how playing against the best players week in, week out will affect you. And uh, I'm sure with Luke, it'll bring his game on even more. Um, but yeah, it's again one of these pairs that I'm sure in future years we're going to see a lot, lot more of. My, my probably only concern, and I say, you know, very loosely around Luke Littler, is the fact at the minute he's playing in absolutely everything and he's someone who's enjoying his game by the looks of things, he's winning an awful lot. When he does that, and it is a when, he gets that tilt hard. We've seen before. How that can have an impact on certain people's games. Do you think that can have an impact of the fact that he may go five weeks without playing competitively or you know, even London that that could then have an impact because he's not having them sort of steps. Yes, he can still play challenge, yeah. but uh Dev, sorry, but they're not as frequent as you still I know we had John O'Shea on a few weeks back, a few months back, and he mentioned that that, that can be huge. For someone at that age, that could have a huge impact. It could. I think he needs that top-level exposure right now, even if it is quite early for him as, as a person. Um, Dev Tour will still be there until he's top 32 or whatever else. Um, I believe he still plays county, so that equates to a fair number of weekends in the season if, if they don't clash as well. I think he's not one that's going to stop looking for events. I know a lot of things are going to be ADC accredited as the future keeps moving on. They're they're just growing and growing and growing and opens will be ADC affiliated, which will rule out pro tour. Um, But he will find ways to practice. He will find ways to go and find events. I'm absolutely sure of it. Yeah. Look, it's just one of those that it's, the kid is playing absolutely everything because he he seems to love it. I'm sure when he won, the week at the Super Series, the following day was in some country somewhere with his dartboard up and he was down with a dartboard. I've just won 20 grand at 16. Yeah, it's all right for some minute. And he was going it then. It's just that that's probably only the, the question mark around we see the form and then that dropping competitive nature can come. But what a talent Luke Littler is. Anything else we've missed in this week of darts, gentlemen? If not, we will move on to question time. So get your questions in if you've not already. Don't think so. Anyone in the chat room know we've missed anything? There was Paul Lim won a title on the Asian tour in Mongolia, which was incredibly devoid of Filipino players, I think. I still have some like 115 players enter, which was quite impressive. Um, Dev Tour is back next week, says Bob. Yeah. I got the World Series as well. What is Dog doing Thursday nights? Oh, um, he watches Europa League football, I think, from August. That answers that one. He... <laughs> <laughs> Cast, we've had one good season in a decade. 
um some thursdays i'll be covering the socials for the motor soup series um other than that it's a quiz night at the pub bar play darts i've got quite used to Thursday night football now <laughs> Ooh, look at us we're in a final <laughs> <laughs> ever since you made a football joke right at the start he's been itching to get involved massive <laughs> <laughs> right let's see what we've got if we have got any questions or ready in just more brilliant of my football team <laughs> well we can't talk about phil's team <laughs> we it's, thursday, not, it's, it's tuesday wednesday and thursday completely free <laughs> 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 Funny indeed. How many are you in the team? Good question at the minute. I want to say nine. Something like that. I mean, some of us are more or less active than others. It's a couple I've not heard from in a long time, actually. We should probably check in on people. (laughs) 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 But yeah. Something like that. Us three, Dan, Cam, Scott. Phil. I don't know what that is. Mates, question for you in the chat room. Um, Seniors coming up. Quick reminder to everybody. uh, That is just a few weeks away. World Seniors Masters at Westlands in Yeovil. 16 players, Bob Anderson's final professional tournament. We're still doing exhibitions and appearances, but he will not be competing anymore. Um, Mace, you were commentating on your opponent last week. Um, Trina Gulliver against you first up again as well. I know how much you enjoyed playing first at the tavern. Not. Um, that's the way the draws come once again. Um, how did you feel about that? Whilst Mace is answering that, Tommy says, does MVG have price number in PDC major finals? Four from four would suggest so. However, MVG had Peter Wright's number for a long, long time in world finals. And when it came to a big one, Wright got his revenge. When do we think that starts to play on Price's mind? Or has it entered his mind yet? Now we've started bringing it up at four. Before that, probably not. But now that he's lost that, people have gone back and gone, actually, how many times has this happened? It will be a talking point every time they meet now. Will, it be, a talk- will it be a talking point that will be led from Mark- by Michael, though? Guaranteed. It'll be led from Phil, because it's a good chance to get a bite out of somebody. Gerwin, <laughs> <laughs> you suck against Michael in the final. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I just... We, we see what sort of relationship they have in regards to Michael's not scared of saying anything really to any of them in regards to remind them of his record, how he's performing. I think that may be something that would be gently prodded towards Derwin Price every time they get into that situation. Even more so if it's a... This is slightly different because there was only a 10, 15 minute window before it got back. 
But if it was like a match play final, for example, back in, and you've got that three or four hours in the practice room with them beforehand, where you have another 10, 15 minutes, I think that might be something that might be used a bit more from Enrique to remind him of that, if there's ever a situation in the day he needs reminding. Yes and no. I, I'm going to compare it to the Peter Wright rivalry. If something that was so one-sided for so long can be considered that. Peter did an awful lot of the talking at that point. I'll get him next time, I'll get him next time, I'll get him next time. And a lot of that focus was driven from Peter and it was just Michael responding going, no, you won't. You can't beat me. You can't do anything. And I'm not sure Gezi's going to go poke the bear in terms of playing Michael in the final. And I'm also of the belief that perhaps Michael, A, isn't the same player that he was when he was doing that to Peter Wright. And B is probably a little bit more wary of the ability that Gerwin Price possesses and the A game to just go berserk. And the fact he has delivered it in so many more major finals than Peter Wright had at the moment where Peter Wright finally got overland against Michael Van Gerwen. Just back on your question, Jack, from Mace. She can still play at a decent level. As always, <laughs> like everyone, I play, she'll play out of her steam. She's also very confident that she beats me, so no pressure in the end. To be honest, the performances we've seen from Trina, personally, I don't think they've been to a, a, the standard we used to. However, that changed against Martin Adams in Blackpool, because I thought she was fantastic <laughs> in Blackpool. She looked, yeah. she looked at a very, very good standard, and that that was pushed all the way on that Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, I think it was. It's all yeah, it was, yeah. I, I was getting nervy. Yeah, and that was probably the best we've seen her on TV for some time. I think yeah. that that game and, and the whole look was kind of the performance didn't get as much credit as it maybe should have because the whole trophy presentation on stage afterwards and that which was which was right as well. It was brilliant that she got that moment. Um, but if she can build on that, she certainly would be no um, pushover. Can I also go back to the bit where Mesa just he just played. He, can tell Mace has been in the media for a while now. It's like, take everything away from himself, put it all on Trina, take a big step back and go, I'm just going to a floor event next weekend or the weekend after. It's all on her. I love it. Yeah, That's a man that's been around the media for so long. Because you go back to, Mace, your first week in the Super Series where you're like, in commentary, I'll be telling everybody not to do this. And then I'm doing it. <laughs> You've just done exactly that again. I love it. <laughs> one from One from Bob. How much does Peter Rice have on his rankings this year? This is an awful lot of money. <laughs> Just looking at it now, 2021, 880,000, 74 of his current ranking money. That's a huge number for Peter Rice. Yes, obviously it tends for a world championship, so that's always going to be a huge amount, but what a huge number that is. That's a lot. I mean, what, half a million that's world champs? Yeah. Yeah, that'll hurt. Match Still 390k. Oh, it's got a match play dropping off as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just a commentator. <laughs> I was not using that liner then. <laughs> I'll write all you press for you, mate. Uh, D beats. That's a good question, actually. Uh, your opinion on Mervyn King? He keeps falling in the rankings. He's currently not qualified for any major tournament this year. I think this might be the last season we see Mervyn King on tour. Um, 
he is falling, and I don't see a change. We're not seeing him frequently enough. He's not going deep enough or producing results um, on the pro tour to even put himself in those positions. Um, I think this might be the last we see of him. 55th in the tour card race at the minute on 71. Maybe that might keep him there just, but if this isn't the last season, unless something drastically changes, next season will be. Because we keep writing off the likes of Steve Beaton, and then he'll produce a run to a semi-final, and then he'll go to a couple of Euro tours, etc. Mervyn's not doing any of that right now. And as fantastic a talent as, as Merv King is, and quite rightly in the conversation for one of the best, I think, without a major or a PDC major, um, this might be an unceremonious end to the King's career. Yeah, three. Um one here, quite an interesting one. We talked about certain players who have not played on the tour this year. Christian Perez in Philippines team for the World Cup. Yet to play on tour? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that one. And I don't want to spoil too much from the Matt Porter interview, but he was asked about Corey and Christian Perez and the fact they haven't played so far this year and the lack of ability for the PDC to go and influence the home office, I guess. They, they provide all the supporting documents. Um, but that was more with a, a view to lack of appearing on a pro tour. I hadn't even considered the fact he was playing in the World Cup or appearing there. Um, I highly doubt it is the answer to that. And it'll be interesting to see him there at the World Cup and maybe get an update about his visa situation if he intends to, to get into the UK at any point. It's not ideal preparation, really, is it? That he hasn't had that 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 that. Well, he's missed out on so much match play experience now for the last couple of months, and he's gone into a World Cup tournament com- completely cold of any um, real competitive action, I suppose, on the professional circuit. Um, and it'd be good to get a, an update um, and to see where himself and Corey Cabby are both at with their um, their visas. Just one from Bob. Dob. Um, how's the match play? How is the match play race going? Any major changes? I guess also on this one, where do we see the cutoff point now being for the match play? Well, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't like doing this number because then I get in trouble about Ryan Sell not being in the match play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you right. both laugh. I was bang on, but yeah. <laughs> um, what we got left? So we got one Euro Tour, four players' championships. Daryl Durney safe? Yeah. What we got left? Four players championship. Yeah. Is this the one Euro Tour Gurney hasn't qualified for? Uh not sure. Euro Tour ten. Is he eight from eight? Nine from, I can't remember. I don't see Gurney I don't see what, six players getting more than ten K in that, them events? Uh, and and the way Gurney's in good bit of form at the moment. I can see him picking up a bit, a bit, a good bit of prize money, yeah. just enough to keep him in there anyway. He at least. That. He's probably near enough there. Probably needs a win or two. And then I think the rest are still in the fight from beaten. 
Barney, Kim Hybrex, Brendan Dahl, some huge names in this fight. Simon Whitlock. It's still the fight if they blank from here, I guess, is the way to look at it. If they keep accumulating prize money, then I think they'll be all right. But as it stands, yeah, they're, they're the ones that will be looking over their shoulder just a little bit. Um, let's not rule out James Wade. Where's James Wade in there? Below Mike Dedeka. So he'd be just above Steve Beaton, 41,250 in the order of merit rankings. He is 16th on the world rankings, 12 grand ahead of Ross Smith, who is more than capable of going and doing something like winning a pro tour. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Ross Smith overtakes him in the, in the world rankings yeah. between now and then. Euro Tour and four Pro Tours for Ross Smith to earn 12 grand or more might put James Wade at risk. Isn't he an ever present? Believe so. That could be interesting. That's the first time, really, we've seen anybody on this side be cautious in this side, I think, for a long, long time. So the only thing with James Wade is that he could wrap up, rock up to one of these um, pro tours and just get to a quarterfinal, and then that just seals it straight away. I did that in the last block, didn't he? Just yeah. wasn't playing great, but found himself quarterfinals and and whatever. So look, we know what he's, we know what James Wade is capable of. Yeah, there's sort of two parts to it as well. There's also the Ross Smith going on and doing that. Yes, he's capable, but it's having to do that when there's a lot of the field that are capable. Just yeah. one more then before we end, one from Andrew. Just carry on really from that question around James Wade. Do you think James Wade can ever refine his old name? He used to always find a way to win. However, that seems to have done a little. Liam, Dob. Um, can he? Yes. Does he have the drive or the desire to go and do so? I'm not so sure. James is a person that will tell you that playing darts is a job, not something that he necessarily enjoys. I think he has had an incredible career. Is possibly the only player that we ever speak about that is in the conversation for top five, top ten, best of all time without a world championship to his name. Um, and I think he's... That's a great career, probably incredibly set. If, he, if he's been financially quite savvy, the amount of money that he's earned over the last few years, he could probably walk away tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this does seem to come around as a bit like the Wicklock um, situation comes around every so often. You think, is he just falling off a little bit and he could just win a pro tour this weekend or he could just win something out of nowhere? Um, that's tends to, to 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 be the modus operandi for James Wade, but the and, but the only the, the question marks I suppose that God you alluded to that he is secure. He has done everything other than win a world championship in the game, and he is just a little bit older with um, young kids as well. Um, so look, I mean they're all distractions um, that, that mightn't have him playing at the top of his game, but I wouldn't rule him out come back and win another major in in the next year or two. Gentlemen, thank you very much for this evening, Dob, as always. Liam, thank you for stepping in last minute. Chat room, fantastic as always. So from myself, Lee Boyce, Jack Darwood and Liam O'Reilly, 
It's a good evening. Good night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.